This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome to Life Set TV. I'm Stacy Washington, host of Stacy on the Right here, and it's such a pleasure to be with you today. We have a ton of things that we're going to go over and talk about, lots of political chat, all the stuff that you've come to expect from the show. But in particular today, I'm excited to have a moment to go into some devotional encouragement. And today, I, I want to share something with you that actually a girlfriend of mine who's a Bible study teacher sent this over to me, and then she had it printed out for us the next time we all got together. And as I was looking through my devotional books this morning, I it, it fell out of the front of one of them that I'm using on a daily basis now. And I said, you know what? This is so good, I'm going to share it. So it comes from Turning Point. And you can find a link in the show notes over at listen.stacyontheright.com. And I want to share it with you. This is fantastic. So first off, let's talk about uh, the, the it's the full armor of God. And we often hear people talk about putting on the full armor of God and what that looks like and uh, how we're supposed to do it. But maybe we don't actually know how that's supposed to work in real life or how that how we operate in that on the regular basis. Like on a daily basis, how do you shod your feet with the preparation of peace? You might be looking at that and thinking, I want to do it, but I'm not sure what that looks like. Well, this prayer, it's called the warrior's prayer of faith. This prayer actually makes it abundantly clear what we're praying for and how it looks in an everyday type of a setting. So I want to start off by saying, first off, if you're alive, you probably have something going on. It might be major. It might be a lot of medium-sized things. It might be a lot of small things that feel like gnats that you just can't get a handle on. But the full armor of God enables us to handle everything from the tiniest annoyances all the way up to the biggest mountains of problems, the things that we're like, well, I'm not getting through this without Jesus. Yeah, you're right, but he's provided a mechanism for us to do that. So here it is. It's called the warrior's prayer. Some people call it the warrior's prayer of faith. And it, this is how it goes. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today, I proclaim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the belt of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word so that I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all that I encounter. Now, let's put a peg in there right quick before we go on. The shoes of peace. That's one of the ones that I've always thought to myself. Isn't it just the way that when you're feeling the most peaceful, when you have the best demeanor, when you are just out there trying to be as nice as you can, that you run into the buzzsaw of somebody whose life is a train wreck and they want everyone else to feel it? Well, Wearing the shoes of peace means that even in spite of maybe someone who doesn't want to reconcile with you, this is something I was reading about in Bible study as well, where you literally have said, I choose to forgive this person who wronged me. You go to them and you say, hey, let's reconcile, forget about what's happened in the past. Let's just be made right together because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. And the person's like, no, 
um, they're, they're into hating you. It's like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner thing for them, and they're not going to let it go. Well, the shoes of peace enable us to allow God's peace to shine through us so that our light isn't snuffed out. And this is really important because people are going to people. I, I say that a lot, and I mean it. People are going to people. And when they're peopling and their very best, when they're putting their very best negative people out there, what can you do? Well, in the natural, nothing but get angry in return. Nothing but feel like you need to lash out and get some revenge in return. But God's word says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And his repayment is so much more effective and better for that person and us than anything we could come up with that it just doesn't make any sense for us to try. So putting on the shoes of peace will give us the ability to basically you don't even receive the negativity that that one person, you probably have them in mind right now, uh, may be putting out to you. It might be that person is texting you or in a text thread with you, or maybe it's a parent that you can't get away from, you know, some another parent that has kids in common with you and you have to interact with them on a PTO or a soccer team or whatever the case is. Whoever the person is, you can handle it and you don't have to lose your calm, your peace, your joy over their actions. So I'll go on. Um, after the shoes of peace comes the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, and deceit. So I will not be vulnerable to spiritual defeat. Now doubt, denial, and deceit, which that's just a euphemism for lies. Those are things that really can paralyze us. Have you ever seen something that some, oh, this person said this about you, or this coworker said that about you, or maybe your boss thinks that you did something but you didn't do, or that you didn't do something that you actually did complete, but it just doesn't look great for you. Well, these are things that can derail you. And the reason they're called fiery darts is because Satan uses them to pull us out of operating in the spirit. So we're, we're having a good day. We're running around. Maybe the day isn't that great, but you still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. You have a song on your lips and your face is looking kind of smiley. Well, Satan ain't got no time for you doing that. He doesn't want you looking smiling in the face of your problems. That's the worst thing you could do because people will then wonder, wow, so he's a Christian. She's a Christian. And all the rest of us are suffering the same fate. And we just feel downtrodden and crushed, but still got a smile on the face. What What's that all about? Could it be that Christianity has something to offer me that I can't get anywhere else? You know the devil doesn't want people thinking that. So Clearly, the fiery darts of doubt, denial, and deceit, where maybe you're doubting your faith or you're doubting yourself, that comes from the enemy. That's not coming from you, and that's not coming from God, even if it sounds like your own voice. Um, if you're in denial about something, maybe you've been informed of a problem, and you know you need to take care of it, but you're in denial because you don't want to deal with it. Those are all coming from the enemy to derail you. So you want to put on the shield of faith to be able to repel that. And, and what does that look like? Well, you have to go to the source document, the power. You have to, If you have a little plug that you want a piece of equipment to work, you have to plug it in. You, as a Christian, need to be plugged into God's word in order to have the power. You can't throw up your shield of faith on your own steam. You have to have what comes from reading God's word and fellowshipping with believers and of course, getting in the pew on Saturday or Sunday, whichever is your day to, to do that on a weekly basis. Uh, so then the next one is um, the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of the spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hand so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. 
The more you read the Bible, the more readily you can see when or hear or discern when something that's coming at you doesn't come from God. Because that's the trickiest part about our enemy is that when he's telling me, you can't lose weight, you can't, you can't accomplish that, you can't finish your book. That's not, it sounds like it's my voice. So it sounds pretty authoritative, but it's not me saying that. That's him trying to give me a reason not to push forward in those areas, not to walk in victory, not to trust God to answer my prayers in those areas. And that's not what God has for us. So the the prayer closes out by saying, by faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God and prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. And at that point, you can get to doing your, you know, praise dancing, Snoopy dancing, you know, spiritual warfare dancing. You can get up and start your day off knowing that you've put on the full armor of God and that you are ready to withstand anything that the enemy has to throw at you. And you could just go on just Again, throw the smile on and enjoy because that's what God has for you to do. And that's our devotional encouragement for today. (laughs) All right. So turning to our next subject, I was so excited to see this. Um, Wisconsin is one of the bellwether states. It's a battleground state. It's a state that um, both the Democrats and the Republicans will be vying for in the 2020 election. And so Marquette Law School has done a poll to figure out what public opinion is on President Trump being impeached and the presidential election preferences. Now, this is actually really fun because usually I I take all polls with a grain of salt, even this one. But this one's fun because it shows a shift in the electorate in in a state that, it's not Missouri, let's face it. I live in Missouri. We are a pretty red state. We have our hot zones of democratic activity in uh, Cape Girardeau, St. Louis, and Kansas City. But for the most part, we're considered to be a Republican stronghold. Well, Wisconsin is not. So this is interesting. Uh, As the hearings are progressing, they decided to do a public opinion poll, and they found, Marquette University Law School, that Wisconsin's registered voters find consistent, if somewhat modest, shifts in public opinion away from support of impeachment and towards supporting the president in his reelection campaign. Trump holds small leads over each of the four top Democratic candidates for president. And these are the head-to-head matchup numbers in this new survey. Three of the Democrats held small leads over Trump in the previous poll. So that's definitely a shift. Now, it's still early. I want to put a caveat in here. It's early. So this doesn't mean that I'm saying, okay, you know, everybody pack up. The president has won Wisconsin. But this shows that the efforts made by the Democrats to keep the president from being able to actually campaign and govern unimpeded by using the impeachment process to damage him or in their fantasy land, unicorn, you know, riddled dreams, they would remove him from office. These things are not only not what voters want, but their activities are driving voters in Wisconsin, at least, to support the president. It's kind of the underdog thing. We've all seen it happen. And so it's happening here. The details on this poll are as follows. It was conducted November 13th through 17th of 2019. The sample included 801 registered voters in Wisconsin. They were interviewed by cell phone or landline with a margin of error of plus or minus 4.1 percentage points. 40% of registered voters think that President Trump should be impeached and removed from office. 53% do not think so. And 6% are do nothing, know nothing, like they, they're not even sure what day it is. 6% have no idea. 
In October, before the public hearings began, 44% of those polled favored impeachment and removal from office, 51% were opposed, and 4% said they didn't know. So that's a shift. 2% more people are actually more confused than they were before the impeachment proceedings began. The November results also found that 52% say they believe Trump asked the Ukrainian president to investigate Trump's political rivals. 29% believe Trump did not do this. 18% say they don't know if Trump asked this or not. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, kind of look into what voters are really feeling about this issue. Also, the poll went into uh, views of impeachment by partisanship and attention to the hearings, and they found large partisan differences in views of impeachment, with obviously the Democrats being far more supportive and the Republicans being much more opposed. Here's the interesting part. Independents were actually much more opposed. So they don't have the middle of the political wings. The people who refuse to declare themselves as Republicans or Democrats absolutely don't have any time for this impeachment nonsense. And they're the ones that everyone is looking to swing their way because the Republican base is going for Trump. The Democratic base is going for whoever their person is. But those independents are going to make the difference here. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, development out of Wisconsin. And it can't have escaped the Democratic pollsters uh, or any of the people who are affiliated with going and looking at like campaigns, where do we put people, where do we open offices, where do we start the air wars when those begin in the spring, they can't help but be thinking, wow, the impeachment's not working out for us in Wisconsin. The longer it drags on, the more people will support the president. I like it. So after hearing that information about the polls in Wisconsin, you might be thinking, uh, well, okay, Interesting. Um, well, then we had Representative Kevin McCarthy also discussing the polls and kind of dismissing them. And because I feel like the people in the House, the elected representatives, at least on the Republican side, they want to either have impeachment proceedings that they can participate in fully, or they want to stop the sham impeachment. They don't want to kind of be caught in a no man's land in the middle. Here he is. It's cut one. We, in Congress, it's not about the polls. It's about what we get done. And apparently, there's one side that's bipartisan, the side that wants to end the impeachment. I imagine the American public would want this to end as well. Because you name that poll, I just watched a poll all through the battleground states where impeachment had actually dropped four points. I've watched the, haven't seen it. Um, so I live there. I'll be home there tomorrow. It's not what I see on the ground. It's not see what I hear. It's not the input that that has been about it. Um, I go back to what the speaker, who was also from California, she was very clear when people talked about impeachment. It was just in March of this year. She said impeachment is so divisive to the nation that it would have to be overwhelming, compelling, and bipartisan for us to move forward. So the speaker of the House, who lives in California, laid out the three criteria for us to even move to impeachment. It has to be overwhelming, compelling, and bipartisan. So we had a vote on impeachment inquiry. There was a bipartisan vote, but that was to not to move forward, where Democrats joined with Republicans to say no. Overwhelming, you've watched the witnesses. You've heard the hearings. The only overwhelming thing we know today is that Ukraine is safer 
because we have a new administration. We also know that nowhere in there is anyone who spoke to the president that there was any prerequisite for aid going to Ukraine and Ukraine got the aid. All right. So I agree with everything you said. He had a, a real grip on things. Obviously, he's there every day and he's having to watch this. And he's having to watch the president and leader of his party be treated this way. And they're going outside of procedure. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. The Democrats are. And if the shoe were on the other foot, the media would be howling and there would be no way they would permit this behavior to go on. But since it's the Republicans, whatever. Yeah. So that leads me to President Trump joining on to Fox and Friends. And he said, you know what? You want to do impeachment? Do it and take it to the Senate so we can have a real trial because I want to bring people in. Here he is. It's cut to Because frankly, I want a trial. You know, I could think I could have it. You want a trial? Whatever I want. Oh, I would. Look, number one, they should never ever impeach. This is not impeach. I watched, I watched five people on your network yesterday say there's nothing here. Andy McCarthy, how about Ken, special prosecutor, Ken special Star. counsel, Ken Starr, he was fantastic. He said there's nothing here. So ready? Number one, there should never be an impeachment. This is not an impeachment. That, that phone call was totally appropriate. Okay, totally. But Assuming these people are as sleazy as they are, and Nancy Pelosi is totally incompetent, she's lost, absolutely lost, she doesn't know what she's doing. She hasn't done anything. She can't get anything approved. Everybody's working on this, and they just got blown away. So what I love about President Trump when he calls into Fox and Friends is that, well, it's kind of a bad thing that they don't have video of him because he's calling in. He's literally on the phone. But then in some other ways, it's interesting because the camera has to stay on the trio on the couch. And it's almost like he takes their show over. He hijacks it like he straight hijacks it. And he just goes on talking because that's what he's used to doing. And they kind of have to, like, you know, gallop along with him. Um, I think one of the things that the president pointed out, I, I remember saying it on the radio a couple of months ago, which is. If the Democrats want impeachment, then go ahead, get you some impeachment. Impeachment means calling Jim Comey and President Obama, maybe even Hillary Clinton, everyone who had anything to do with Spygate. The nature of the impeachment proceedings and a trial in the Senate is that anything that's discussed can kind of open doors to other avenues. That's how they got from whatever that thing was that was going on with President Clinton in Arkansas over to Monica Lewinsky during Bill Clinton's impeachment. So this is gonna be pretty interesting to see. It's an either or proposition. Either the Democrats drop this and move on with their lives or they move forward. They vote to impeach the president and then the impeachment inquiry becomes an impeachment, which means a trial in the Senate. That means Democrats will have to give the same due process that they didn't give in the House. It's not even an issue of them giving it. The Republicans control the Senate. So they'll be running it. They'll be calling the witnesses. They'll have subpoena power. And they'll be able to show the same kinds of discourtesy that was shown to Republicans in the House to the Democrats in the Senate. But more than any of that, more than the comeuppance that they so richly deserve, these people will be subject to the Senate rules for a trial. And a trial means anyone and everyone who had anything to do. We're talking Fusion GPS people. You know, they just wrote a book. So they want the exposure. Um, we're talking about 
all of the Paige, Strzok, all those bad guys, um, Annie McCarthy, anybody who had anything to do with this thing. And when I say this thing, there's really no defining like parameter on what this thing is. They'll just be subpoenaing people and the president will get a chance to go up there. And of course, the Democrats will say all kinds of ugly things. But if there's one thing we know, it's that President Trump is fully loaded with clips. And by clips, I'm not talking about the kinds that uh, load automatic ammunition on, on military grade rifles. I'm talking about clips and quips. He's fast on his feet when it comes to rebutting things that people say that are rude. Democrats don't want any of that. The worst thing in the world would be for Democrats who are on the campaign trail right now. Uh, so that would be Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren. They would have to come off the campaign trail and come back to the Senate and do their jobs. They would have to sit there. And if they dared to try to make hay, to try to make a name for themselves, to get some TV worthy uh, action going on with the president. Well, he told Hillary Clinton he'd put her in jail. That's the kind of clips we're going to be looking at. And I'm telling you, I got all the popcorn in the world for that. I'm so ready. I actually have some kettle corn that I can pop at home. We have a tiny little popcorn maker, but you can also popcorn in old school in a pan on the stove. You can also just go to Sam's Club and the guy who sells the kettle corn, he's outside selling these $5 bags of kettle corn. I'm telling you, we will have all kinds of different kinds of popcorn and like every possible flavor and fun drinks to go with it. I'm ready. If, if that's the kind of dance the Democrats want, I got my dancing shoes on and I'm ready to tango right along with them because this will be the best few months of political theater we've ever seen in our lives. And Donald Trump sounds like he's geared up for it too. So um, the best thing for the Democrats to do right now would be to think through how seriously they want to damage their chances of beating President Trump, which are already slim to none, and how much they want to damage their political prospects going forward with independents and moderates who absolutely do not support their impeachment efforts. All right, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here on Life Set TV. See you later. <laughs>